Hello, my name is Reverend Casey Carbone, and you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church at Mayopac. We are currently worshiping on Sundays at 10 a.m., both on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We hope that this message provides you with a source of encouragement and allows you to grow more deeply in your faith as we all continue to seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. To help lead us in our reading for this morning, we will be led by Karen, who is also a member, but also one of our session members. So listen now to God's holy word. Today's scripture reading is from Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 15, and chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season and your wife, Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. And it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, oh yes, you did laugh. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham, a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave him the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would have ever said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please join me in prayer? Almighty God, this morning as we read your holy word, let it speak to us. May your spirit come to be with us. That as we continue to understand what it means to be your disciples, to be your hands and feet, that you may show us the way to live in deeper community with one another, with you, and with all creation. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. There's some humor, tragedy, hope, and quite honestly, a little spice in this story about Abraham and Sarah, who welcomed three strangers into their midst. While on the surface, this is a tale about unfettered or radical hospitality, it is also a story about trust. Trust that God can and will do the impossible. We hear God ask Moses and Sarah, is anything too wonderful, too extraordinary for the Lord? Perhaps we need to ask ourselves that question, that question of, is there anything too extraordinary for God? As we look around at what is happening in our communities, is there anything too great for God? Abraham and Sarah don't know what lies ahead of them, yet they continue to trust that God will make good on God's word. And now, more than ever, trust is essential. It is pivotal that we both trust that God will uphold God's word and that we also trust that we, as the hands and feet of God, put our faith into action. Abraham is most likely sitting under a tree, hot, and wondering whether it is possible for him and Sarah to have a child in their old age. Then what feels like out of nowhere, three strangers appear and Abraham goes running off to meet them. There's a chance that Abraham didn't trust his vision, his eyesight, when he looked up and saw these three walking towards his tent. Leaping up from the ground, he goes to greet them with a spirit of familiarity and offers them a place to rest their head from the harshness of the desert terrain. Abraham upholds the law of hospitality, welcoming strangers into his home and offering them food and water and shelter and other fine things. Who knows if there were any alternative motives behind Abraham's generosity. I doubt there were any ulterior motives. But who could blame him if he did? Especially if he hoped that these three guests carried a word of hope with them, a word of hope about how God would fulfill this promise that was made to Abraham and Sarah. 
There's something beautiful about the imagery of Abraham inviting these strangers whom he addresses as my Lord to enter and sit at the table with him. Receiving God as a guest is something that we do more often than we realize. Because you see, God has a habit of finding creative and improvised ways to relate to us and the rest of creation that God has made. It often catches us off guard, but if we're vigilant, if we're watchful, if we're ready, our encounter and receiving of God into our midst will prove rewarding. Hospitality, like the hospitality showed uh, Abraham showed to his guest, is no minor feat. Just think about what Abraham was offering to these three individuals who visited him. Abraham ran out to prepare water for them to drink and to wash themselves, meat to cook, bread made out of choice flour, and other good things to offer them. People who seemed like strangers. Amid everything else that is going on around us today, what would it look like to invite a stranger who may just be God into your, into our presence and to listen to what they have to say. In her book, Daring Greatly, Brene Brown writes this, that empathy has no script. There is no right or wrong way to do it. It's simply listening, holding space without judgment, emotionally connecting, and communicating that incredibly healing message of you're not alone. I wonder how alone Abraham and Sarah felt before their guest arrived. And I wonder what they thought after hearing this message of hope and promise from these strangers. Of course, as we hear in the passage, Sarah laughed. But maybe she laughed because she didn't want to get her hopes up. I'm sure as well that Abraham had his mouth agape listening to the prophecy of these three individuals. Perhaps now, as we look around and see the hurt, the pain, the struggles around us, perhaps we can create a sacred moment of connection like these three visitors to Abraham did with him and Sarah. What could we learn from that? With tools like social media, it is so very easy to make anonymous attacks or to say things that we wouldn't normally say in person if we were talking to someone face-to-face. At some point along the line, maybe we've forgotten what it means to be human, to maintain a relationship in which we can see the image of God in the other person. But with these tools, like I said, that make it so easy, 
Where have we gone wrong? And can we find a way to hold a sacred space with one another? Living out this kind of hospitality, a place where we listen and trust, requires a lot of effort on our part. But it's really more than just listening. It's creating a space where our hearts are in tune with one another, and we can understand the feelings of her, of frustration, of pain and suffering, along with the joys that go along with the rest of life. Having that kind of faith and trust may mean we can't help but laugh at what God is trying to say, to tell us. And like Sarah, we too may find that what God tells us is so unbelievable, all we can do is have a little bit of a chuckle. Have you ever had a moment like that before? A moment where you thought you heard God telling you something and it was so unbelievable you couldn't help but laugh. Yet that is exactly what God does and tells us that nothing is too wonderful, too extraordinary for God. In a time where we seem to pit ourselves against one another and lose sight of the image of God that exists in all of us, God finds a way to come into our presence and tells us to trust, have faith, and to be the person I have called you to be. In a poem titled Our Little Lives, Howard Thurman penned these two lines, that we do not know how to do what we know to do, and we do not know how to be what we know to be. We may not always know how to carry out God's work, and we may not always know how to be the people of God. Our lives might get a little spicy, might laugh at something we think is impossible, might ache at the thought of a broken promise, might grieve, might celebrate. Yet if we receive God in the unprepared and unexpected moments in our lives as visitors, we might find the answer we are looking for. The challenge for us this week and for every week will be to prepare a space where we can welcome God at any moment into our lives. That may take the form of something we didn't think was possible, but with God all things are possible. And when that happens, it is my prayer that it enriches us and empowers us to become more compassionate, more hospitable, more caring people who are willing to listen, to trust, to laugh, to grieve, and have faith. Amen.